So today for our podcast, we're keen to talk about the relationship that a coach has with an athlete and, uh, and more specifically what, um, what the coach and the athlete talk about, what the coach's job is, what the athlete's job is, and really how to get the most out of your coaching athlete experience. So Ken's had a bit of experience coaching at all different age groups, but uh, I think the main thing you want to talk about was school school rowing. Generally, yeah. Yeah. And the, the critical thing with, with any coach-athlete relationship is to make sure that both athlete and coach trust each other. And the way you get to make sure that happens is to be sensitive to the needs of each other. So uh, make sure that when you're dealing with, uh, if you're a coach dealing with an athlete, that you empathise with their situation, you listen to what they've got to say and uh, take note of it. Even if you don't agree with them, you still want to make sure that you take note of it and empathise with them so that you build a strong bond and then when you uh, have issues that you need to talk about, then you've got a much better chance of, of the athlete learning. And from an athlete perspective, it's very important to make sure that the coach understands that you're all part of the same team. And so when you're dealing with a coach, it's important to make sure that you uh, have the empathy with the coach's feelings as well and if you do that, both athlete and coach understand each other and you'll get a much more uh, effective communication between both because it works both ways. Uh, one's not in charge of the other by any measure. It's really about two people in that particular relationship working together to achieve an outcome. And very important to keep that in mind when you're dealing with anybody, but particularly in a coach-athlete relationship. So one of the, uh, one of the things that... Uh, uh for example, an athlete may think is you know that the coach doesn't really you know care about them so much. Maybe the other athletes get all the coaching. Maybe you might even go for a whole session and not hear any sort of recommendation on your rowing at all. And um, you know there's a there's a few ways you can you know sort of deal with that situation. And there's a lot you can do. And I'd take it upon yourself to try and remedy it if you want more coaching. Yeah, so one of the issues you find with if you're coaching a number of athletes, particularly in single skulls, that, that some of the athletes are faster than others. And so if they're doing a piece, then you'll find that, that the faster athletes tend to disappear, so they don't get much coaching. And so if you're an athlete that tends to be in front of the pack and therefore away from the coach, I'd suggest uh, ask the coach if you can start behind everyone else, for example. And have the, and then at some point during the piece, you'll be able to be coached, and then you'll get faster than everyone else and disappear in the front, and then the coach can then go and coach the other athletes. So it's important from a coach perspective to be mindful that you need to coach them all and make sure you set them off in a staggered start, essentially, so that you get a bit of time with each athlete. Yeah, so it's especially important when you've got lots of boats of different speeds is to send the fastest boats off last and the slower boats off first uh, with the view that you know about halfway through the piece say uh, the faster boats will will row through the slower boats and then you know the coach can focus on that his his or her time on the the athletes in in each part of in each part of the row so and, and if you're trying to encourage a competitive environment then most athletes will understand roughly where they how their speed compares to other athletes but if you stagger the athletes like that then there becomes a point for every athlete where uh, faster athletes coming up behind them and so they can essentially 
try and refine their technique and their intensity to keep in front of that athlete and for the athlete that's faster catching up then their focus would usually be to refine their technique in order to be able to go faster and catch up quicker. This way there's natural competitiveness makes it so that the athletes are all uh, doing their best to get the best boat speed that they can. So it's a pretty useful technique for putting them together. The, you'll find some athletes unfortunately uh, tend to want to be in front so much that they uh, end up doing themselves out of coaching opportunities so they can't actually get any coaching because they always get out in front too quickly and if you're one of those sort of athletes I'd suggest think about why you're doing that and realize that uh, getting good coaching is very important for good performance. Having a staggered start is also good because it, it really sort of simulates what could happen in a race so for example, if you're the fastest rower and you're always out in front, you won't know what it's like to have to come from behind, to not be able to see your opponent. So you really, if you have the staggered start, then you get a chance to be behind the leader and in front of the leader uh, at, at different points during the row. So it gives you a bit of, bit of time to um, relax and get a sort of a feeling for what it will be like on race day when you have boats ahead and boats behind and you know when it changes during the race. Uh, that also happens in training as well, so it's um, yeah, it's a good way to do it. Yeah, one of the things to be mindful of too for both an athlete and a coach is that if you're doing a, a set rating piece, for example, doing a, a pyramid or, or similar at say rate 20 or 22, whatever, then often the way that, that athletes will try and get an advantage is by sneaking on the rate. So instead of doing 22, they might do 22 and a half. And if your athletes are doing that, then I'd suggest keep an eye on the rate that they're doing and make sure that they don't, because all they're really doing is just tricking themselves. Uh, the, if the aim of the piece is to do it at, at 22, then everyone should be doing it at 22. And if an athlete uh, tries to, to sneak that up a little bit just to try and get an advantage to get in front, well, hang on a minute, the aim wasn't to win this particular race, this is a training piece. Yeah, the, the same goes with if your other athletes are running off a set heart rate, for example, you want to make sure everyone's in the same zone for the same piece. And then they, they'll have a good idea of how they're rowing by how, uh, how quickly they catch other people. So say they know they have to catch people around the seven minute mark. If they catch them before then, they know they're having a good row and if it's a lot later than that, then they know they probably aren't doing something quite right. So give, make sure you give you a good reference point for what you're doing. Yeah. And if they take the rating up in order to get to that magical six or seven minutes, uh, then then that's just wasting everyone's time really, uh, because the goal of the exercise is to be able to do the, the drill, the piece properly. And it's only by sticking to what the guidelines are that you're going to get fair comparisons and indeed comparisons from yourself. So if you're an athlete that knows that you can row at a certain speed at a certain rate, then if you take the rate up half a point and then try to think that you're actually going faster than you would normally, well, that's just not true. So much better to do the piece, do it properly, and make sure that you're uh, communicating with the coach about how to improve what you're doing. So when you have, uh, say say you have everyone in the same boat, so you're mm -hmm. taking an eight out, for mm -hmm. example, you've got eight different rowers and the coxswain, mm -hmm. um, how would you consciously try and make sure everyone gets a good experience from coaching? Like not just 
uh, people feel like they're getting somewhere with the rowing, but you're actually making the boat go faster because the tendency is often just to, you know, say pick on someone that, you know, in your opinion has the worst technique. Yeah, oh, it's, it's a classic problem that happens. You'll often find if you think about school eights, particularly where in a school where they don't have a lot of athletes, if you've got 30 athletes to choose an eight from, this is less of a problem. But if you've only got eight or 12, for example, to choose from, then you'll find that generally in an eight situation, you might find that between two and four of the athletes are pretty good at rowing and good athletes. And you'll find that at the other end, there's if you had 12 athletes, for example, you might have four that are pretty good and you might have four that aren't so good. And... Uh, or maybe even more. And so you find you have a tendency to focus on the athletes that, that aren't so good and therefore need the most work, whereas you're probably better off in a lot of situations by focusing on all of the athletes to try and improve all of them, not just the ones that, that aren't up to the standard of the best ones. Because you can be fairly certain that none of them are perfect because rowing doesn't tend to work like that. The other thing you can do that's really handy is if you've got a, a crew, got eight or ten people, and you've got two or four that are, are really quite proficient, then I'd suggest uh, use those two or four people to effectively improve the others. For example, if you're sending them out in pairs, then I'd tend to put the most proficient athlete in the bow of the boat and have the least proficient in the stroke seat and have the bow person essentially coach the uh, person in the stroke seat to try and improve their technique. Alternatively, if they can't seem to understand it, then swap it around and then have the stroke person, the most uh, proficient rower, and have the bow person watch particular aspects of how they row in order to be able to prove, improve their technique and then swap them back around again. So you'll find that the good athletes in the crew, the ones that are most proficient, they need to be improved as well. So don't, don't neglect them because often you can find you get much better performance by improving them. And, and I'd also resist the temptation to put them in the stern of the boat, for example. You may well find that you can fix people rushing down the slide in the bow of the boat by putting the better athletes in, say, the three and the four seat because they'll have a better feel for it and they'll tend to control the boat like that. Yeah, it's actually it's actually quite difficult if you're used to rowing in stroke seat to find a seat further back up in the boat, say, you know, bow or, bow or two seat, and uh, it's completely different trying to stay in time from that mm. seat as opposed to um, letting you do your own thing. So, you know, the stroke, the, the, the people in stroke and seven are often, you know, the, the best people in the boat. Uh, and so that that's partly because they're, they're probably better rowers, maybe stronger, more fit, but they've also got a lot easier job, uh, you know, whereas you might, you know, curse the people in the bow into the boat because they can't get in time or they're having trouble with their technique. But in reality, it's a lot easier for the stern pair to get it right than it is for the bow pair. Mm. And that's a real problem if you, you know, have eight rowers and you need to get them all going together as fast as possible. So, yeah, definitely mix it up is, is a good option. Oh, absolutely, because rushing in a boat is particularly common in an eight in the school environment where the bow uh, four or five tend to be coming down the slide too quickly and the people in the uh, stroke seat and the seven seat, they can feel that. When you're sitting in a boat in those seats, you can feel if the rest of the boat's trying to push you too early into the catch. Yeah. And you might be trying to set a rating of like 18 or 20 and you know you can feel that it's just being pushed higher than that, maybe 20, uh, 21, 22, and yeah, there's basically nothing you can do about it except for ask the coxswain to 
you know, ask the people behind you to, you know, slow down a little bit. And so you try, as a coach, you try to fix those sort of issues, of course, but sometimes you'll find an easier way to fix it would be to take, for example, the, the stroke and seven person and put them into um, three and four or four and five. And because then when they're in that position and consciously have them focus on, on getting rid of that rush, then you may well find that the people in the stroke part of the boat don't rush. So someone who's rushing into the front in the bow half of the boat, when you put them in the stern half of the boat, they won't have a tendency to do it anywhere near as much. It's definitely a, a bow end problem. And if you've got the more highly skilled rower, sometimes are better off being further up the boat, uh, in, especially in a training environment, to make sure that they actually get that rushing under control. So I'd say that the athletes that you've got that are good athletes and more proficient, then I'd suggest you use them to help the other athletes. But when you're coaching them, don't neglect them because good athletes can often turn into really good athletes and you may get a better increase in overall boat performance by coaching everybody. There is a, it's very easy to get focused on people that have particular technique, technique issues that you want to solve and ignoring the people that are pretty good but could be better. Uh, I think one of the most frustrating things I find where I'm rowing in a, in a boat, a crew boat, is, uh, you know, say, yeah, you might be lucky enough to be rowing the way that the coach wants you to, and so say, but, and someone else will too, but then the other two people in the boat, um, you know, might have big things they want to change, like they might be trying to get the finish all together or, or something like that, and so the coach just gets focused on that, and there's absolutely nothing that gets told to me to do, and that's really frustrating. I mean, it's... It's uh, you really sort of turn off <laughs> in a way, like you you stop thinking about what you're doing so much, and you know you really want that little bit of feedback. It could be anything. There's always something you can improve with your stroke, and so just you know every now and then, just a a little word here and there would would be good, just to sort of keep you engaged and not check out sort of thing, even if other people have bigger technical problems than than you do. No, absolutely, I think it's very important to make sure that that you coach. Uh, addresses every person in the crew uh, and the issues it's highly unlikely that there'll be nothing that needs to be addressed uh, very very rare but it's very easy to get stuck on a particular problem when in fact you may be better off to move away from that problem and come back to it or try and think of a different way of solving that problem what sort of thing would you recommend say say an athlete was in the situation where they weren't getting much coaching um, you know how would you recommend that they approach the, their coach uh, to, to get what they want essentially. So some people, some people want, uh, want no feedback, you know, some people are really content just rowing along, some people want lots of feedback and so, you know, for those, that person who wants a little bit more input from the coach, how would you go about getting that? Well, it's, it's pretty much like any human interaction actually. It's, what you need to do is to make sure that, that you're approaching it in a, a a way that that you're essentially looking for help. It's if you go to the coach and say, "Why aren't you telling me anything?" Well, that's just going to get people's back up. You're better off to approach the coach and say, "Look, I'm not. For example, you'll probably have an idea about the areas that you need to focus on. You, so you could, for example, say, "I'm not quite sure about my finish. Can you just tell me how you think it looks?" Or approach it in a cooperative, collaborative sort of a manner, so that so that everyone's working together. Uh, the concept of saying to someone, 
why don't you tell me what you're doing is a bit sort of like an accusation and in almost all cases you'll find the coach actually wants what's best and indeed the athlete wants what's best so it's a you've got to keep it on a very collaborative footing and the best way to do that if you can is to ask them a question uh, and if you say what am I doing wrong well, that's a bit of a big question it's and you get, you'll get a much better response out of a yeah, coach by not, talking about something it's not very yeah it's not very tactful like yeah you know, Whenever I want more coaching, I'll say something like, okay, so what am I working on today? You know, like, um, you know, am I still working on squaring up early? You know, am I working on the finish? You know, something like that. Because, you know, it's very hard to focus on lots and lots of different things. And, yeah, so just a, yeah, just a sort of a friendly, like, oh, what am I doing today? You know, what should I focus on? Hmm. And um, and they'll tell you. And you actually find you get a lot more coaching on the water as a result of just, you know, just sort of getting a, a pro proactive you know on the front foot sort of step um, before the training session and it, it doesn't have to be big it just has to show to the coach that you're interested in improving you're exactly. here to you're here to make some improvements you want their input yep. and uh, you're ready to go and make some changes Absolutely. and um, you know it's a simple interest in your own rowing uh, at the start of the session can can do that I'd say oh without doubt and the other thing to be mindful of too is there's so many things that we can focus on and so the trick really is to focus on the items that you think are the most important. The coach may have different items they think is important but the real trap is when you try to focus on too many items. If you say I'd like to focus on the catch and I'm not sure about how I'm uh, finishing off and am I tapping out clean and what are my handle heights like on the way down the slide, is my body posture right? Now, if you start to do that then then everything gets too difficult. So I'd suggest uh, one, two, maximum three items. And so if you're talking to a coach, you, I wouldn't ask about lots of things. I'd ask particularly about, a particular, say, two items and then focus on those two items. If, on the other hand, the coach is saying to you they want you to fix four different things, for example, then instead of saying, that's too many, or as I've had someone say to me once, shh, the, yeah, the, yeah. The so best. some mornings you don't want to hear anything from the coach, <laughs> yeah. and you can say, you know, like, look, thank you, but like, I really just need to focus. focus. I know what I need to focus on. Just give me a second, you know. I'll, yeah. I'll hopefully get together, but you know, everyone has bad days, and you know, on those bad days, you don't have to be looking for extra feedback from the coach. They'll be more than happy to just let you be. I'd say. Yeah. So. And and, uh, and when you're thinking about how many things to focus on, then pick on one. But as I say, if the coach is asking you to focus on too many things. Then instead of saying, don't do that to me, which is not a very friendly way of doing it, would be to say, well, which out of those do you think is the most important that I should focus on today? And that, again, is a collaborative seeking advice type statement, and you'll find you get really good outcomes. Yeah, but some, some coaches are, you know, extremely enthusiastic, and you might have to ask them to tone it down a bit, you know, tactfully. Yeah. But uh, in my experience, most coaches will, you know, sit in the speedboat and watch your row for a long time, give you a small amount of feedback, and uh, yeah, you really have to do what you can to extract that good rowing information. Um, yeah, if you if you really want to know more about how you're rowing. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to do it on the land. Like doing it on the water, if you're out there with half a dozen other athletes, it's difficult. Yeah, yeah, to you, yeah. So, so when you get back from a row, or when you're about to go out on a row, then as Lachlan says, just ask what what what's the best bit I should focus on today. 
And if you feel that the coach might be a little bit hesitant to talk about it because they don't have a huge amount of experience in the particular area you're talking about or something like that, and that yeah. happens sometimes, then I'd essentially lead the coach a level because you yeah. know what you're meant to be doing and what's, well, yeah, what's right. Well, yeah, if you have a lot of knowledge and the coach is a bit, uh, especially a bit timid, so you, you know, you're you a lot more experienced than they are, um, you know, just let them know, hey, I, I know that sometimes I don't get my catch in quickly enough before I push my legs. You know, when you see me not doing that, just, just you know, let me know. And, mm. you know, you can sort of teach them a little bit about how you're rowing because, um, you know, it'd be great if you had a video camera, like, you know, and a, a screen in your boat where you could see what you were doing all the time. But it's just not practical at this point. And so, you know, you really have to make the most of uh, a coach if they come out with you. You know, the mm. worst thing you want to do is just have someone, you know, babysit you up and down the river or the lake you really want to oh, make right. the most of that time you're spending together because you know you're both there probably early and sacrifice something to be there so and, and one of the things that happens too is coaches pretty much always are trying to improve what you're doing because that's that's the role of a coach and that's one of the things that coaches like doing and so when you're out with a coach you may think that the coach doesn't know as much as the previous coach or uh, the coach knows more than than you or less than you and the reality is that doesn't really matter. In my experience, every time I go out with a coach, no matter how experienced they are, I learn something. Yeah, you gotta be looking for that information because they do have it. And you know, a lot of people who you would think maybe wouldn't be quite as good a coaches, um, if you you know, if you scratch the surface, you find out a lot of useful things. And oh, you know, it's, uh, it's really about trying to make the most of most of it. Absolutely. And one of the things that you need to be mindful of as, as an athlete in particular is that, uh, and from a coach perspective, I look athlete perspective first, is if you have a coach that's telling you something that seems to be different from what another coach told you. Now that happens all the time. And often you'll find that they're not actually different, they're just different ways of saying the same thing. Yeah, or they don't believe something that's different. Like if you got the two coaches down, you'd find that they believe something very similarly but uh, they, you know, they say it a different way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, so if, you, if you're an athlete and a coach says something that doesn't quite make sense with what you've already uh, understood, then I wouldn't say that's wrong or I don't believe you. It's more uh, along the lines of saying, well, I'm not sure how that matches with what I understood it to be and just have a conversation about it. Yeah. And from a coach perspective, I think it's very important when you're coaching a crew that you don't normally coach, and I do this all the time because generally I'm not coaching a particular crew, I help out with lots of coaches around the place. And so when I'm talking to a crew, one of the first things I'll say to them is if I say something that you don't quite understand or it doesn't quite match what your other coaches have said, let me know straight away. Yeah. It's no issue. The last it's thing you want is someone rowing along for you know, 15 kilometers thinking, what, I don't, is that the same? Or even worse thing, oh God, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. I'm not gonna to listen to anything he says. Yeah. And the reality is that probably they do, and they're probably saying pretty much the same thing as the other coach, but just in a different way. Now, if they are, if it is totally different, then I'd suggest have a conversation with them. And it's not, a, a, it's not necessarily that one is right or one is wrong. It's more about saying, I need to understand this better. Yeah, if you can understand it, you're probably going to learn something. You know, you, right. you'll find something out that you didn't quite know before or hadn't thought of before. Absolutely. And in my experience, the fastest crews are always the crews that understand why they're doing something. Yeah, and, and so they do it very together. Important. They do whatever they're doing together, 100%. That's and, right. Yeah, then you've got a fast crew. Yeah, and 
uh, we have conversations that particularly in Australia a lot at the moment about whether people should be slow around the finish or fast around the finish. Now they're two different techniques, yes, but they don't have to be that different. This, this is a, a slower rating, so like yeah, it, around 20 or, or less something. It's, it's not a race pace that it's slow around the finish because no. it's all, you know, it all turns out the same, which it's, is the irony of the whole whole uh, argument. You know, yeah. some people do it, say do it quickly. Some yeah. people say, you know, you know, just slow it down and, you know, set the boat up. Um, yeah. You know, and at race pace, you know, that the two crews don't look like they're doing different things. And, and both techniques win races in the world stage. The, yep. the, the trick really is to understand what you're doing and why. And more importantly, if you're in a crew, you want the crew to be doing it one way. Yeah, and, and you want to come together on that. Yeah. You, don't, you don't want to be that one person in the crew that refuses to conform and, no. you know, just ruins every training session. No. You want to try and do it however you decide you want to do That's it. That's right. And if there's, if there's differences in the crew like that, then the easy answer is to have a, a, a sensible, calm conversation with the coach and the crew to work out how we should do this. And you may find the answers in the middle sometimes. But, yeah. but the, the, the worst thing that can happen is if you don't have communication between the coach and the crew, because the lack of communication essentially leads to disharmony, different bits of technique, and someone gets upset. So communication is the key and empathy and understanding for the other person's position. So the coach needs to understand the athlete's point of view and the athlete needs to understand the coach's point of view and no one should be uh, too dogmatic about what they're doing uh, in most circumstances. Have a debate about it, understand it, and once you understand it, then you'll find that everyone understands it and you find you get consensus as to how you should be rowing. Yeah, and on that on that note as well, it's it's good for the coach and the athlete to keep each other up to date on on their own goals, like what they want from rowing and you know things like that. So you know you might get someone who's been training 13 times a week, and you know maybe they get a new job or something like that, and they're like, oh well, I just you know I've changed what I want to do. I'm going to do you know half the amount of training sessions, yeah. and so you know if you, the coach knows that, then they also know how to tailor uh, the program to you. And you're no longer, you know, skipping training sessions and being slack, you know, you've got a new goal and everyone's on board and, Absolutely. you know, everything can work like that. And likewise in school programs, some people are gonna wanna be the next, you know, national representative. And some people are like, I just like hanging out with my mates and, you know, I'm just here for a bit of fun and I'm not gonna do it after school finishes, but I'm keen to have a go while I'm here. So, but that's you know, fine. yeah, it, but, it, I guess you don't want to be trying to force people into something like a program or a routine that just doesn't work with them because, no, no. you know, that it's going to cause animosity and, you know, yeah. you'll, you'll find the relationship really sours. So yeah. have, having a little bit of a, a, relaxed, uh, a relaxed idea of, of what a rower is can be useful uh, for coaches and for athletes because um, you don't want to be um, yeah, unnecessarily straining the relationship there's, there's lots of ways to, to enjoy the sport of rowing and, um, you know, you should be open to that and, uh, yeah, see where it goes. Absolutely. So I think the, the critical take-home is to make sure that the coach and the athlete have good communication between them. And the only way to do that is by always trying to understand the other person's perspective, 
and trying to learn as much from each other as you can. Coaches learn from athletes just as much as athletes learn from coaches. Yeah, so and you know, very if, you, if, you, if you think you're not getting enough coaching out of your coach, then you know, really try and draw it out. You know, do what you can to be a good human and you know, get them keen about coaching you rowing. It's, uh, it's, I'd say it's on the athlete as well as on the coach. And you, know, you shouldn't, shouldn't forget that when you're out on the river, you know, cursing the coach for not giving you any coaching you know you, you want some coaching you know help help ask the question and and get there yeah i think critical that it's it's a two-way relationship so just make sure you treat it that way yeah at decent rowing our goal is to get world-class rowing information into the hands of everyone one of the easiest ways to do that is through our email list we send out tips and tricks on rowing on a regular basis if you want you can sign up as a sign up bonus you get 21 of our best rowing videos including beginner and advanced rowing videos we've also chucked in a couple of basic training programs and a training piece so if you want to sign up you can see what it's all about